that that person who keeps fulfilling the needs of his fellow brother, Allah Ta'ala keeps fulfilling his needs, that person who removes the sorrow of a fellow Muslim, Allah Ta'ala will remove a sorrow of his on the Day of Judgment. And that person who conceals the flaws and faults of one of his fellow Muslims and Allah Ta'ala will conceal his sins and shortcomings on the Day of Judgment. So these are three things, fulfilling the needs of a fellow Muslim, removing the sorrow and grief of a fellow Muslim, and number three, concealing the sins and faults of a fellow Muslim. These are three things that we should make our heart and our mind resolve to do these three things. Do we repeat again that as long as you're fulfilling the needs of your fellow Muslims, Allah will fulfill your needs. If you remove the sorrow and grief of your fellow Muslims, Allah Ta'ala will remove the sorrow and grief of yours on the day of judgment. And the third thing was that if you conceal and hide the flaws and sins of your fellow Muslims, then on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will hide and conceal your sins. Hadith in Bukhari Imam Musa's narrative As long as a person helps their fellow believer Allah Ta'ala will help that Muslim Now look What a beautiful Concept this is That we should be worried about our fellow believers And Allah will be worried about us it comes in Hadith. Then indeed there is some creation of Allah subhanahu ta'ala that Allah ta'ala has made to fulfill other people's needs. Allah ta'ala has made them to help others. There are some creations of Allah subhanahu ta'ala that Allah ta'ala created them for this very purpose that they should help the needs of the believers. And people turn to them to fulfill their needs. And they are completely free of the punishment of Allah SWT. What does it mean that you will find that there are some people like that or everybody knows that he is the person who always helps everyone out. Everybody will know that he is the one who people turn to in their needs. He is the one who solves people's problems. So first, people like that who become so known for that, Allah Ta'ala said that his punishment is haram Another thing that comes that there are some people that Allah Ta'ala has made them as a source of goodness and a source of bounties and blessings to others. In other words, Allah subhanahu wa gives bounties and blessings to us through certain people. And whenever they give those bounties and blessings to the people who Allah wants them to give it to, Allah will keep sending His bounties on them. But when they decide to stop sharing of others and they start hoarding it for themselves, Allah Ta'ala will withdraw His bounties and blessings from them. And then He will then instead select somebody else to give those bounties and blessings to. So you'll see that sometimes. That there's a person that comes and they complain that, oh, I used to have such a good business. And it was so good that even if I touched anything, it would turn into gold. But now it's the complete opposite and every investment I make, it falls into loss. And the reason is that initially Allah Ta'ala was giving you a lot because He wanted you to become a charitable person and use that and spend that on the poor and on the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for the sake of deen. That's why He gave it to you. But because this person, you didn't spend it in that way, Allah Ta'ala said, okay, and then I withdraw it from you and I give it to somebody else. 
That is why sometimes the person has ups and downs in their financial situation. The person doesn't know. They thought that this was all their money. No, Allah wasn't sending all this money to you for your own individual use. When Allah made you a mailman, a postman, and you were supposed to deliver the mail onwards. So that mailman who delivers the mail, he is retained in service. And that mailman who stopped delivering the mail to others, he is fired from service. And this hadith was in the collection of Ibn Abi Dunya and of At-Tabarani. And it comes in a hadith that person who fulfills, who sets forth from their home to fulfill the need of the fellow Muslim. And here again, it doesn't mention whether a person has successfully fulfilled the need of the brother or not, but just that they set forth from their home with the intention to do so. <coughs> Then that is better than making itikaf for 10 years. So much so that if a person did itikaf for one day just to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will he get for one day of itikaf? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise a person three levels in Jannah and how far is one level of Jannah the whole circumference of the earth so that's what they would have gotten for one day of itikaf if they go to help their fellow Muslim they would get the sawab of ten years in itikaf in other days it comes that if a Muslim leaves their home sets forth to help the need of a fellow Muslim and they succeed they successfully fulfill that need of that person they successfully solve that problem so in the first hadith whether you were successfully able to help that person or not you got 10 years of it and the second hadith mentions that if you were able to successfully help them in their need then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will arrange for 75,000 angels whose wings will extend their shade over him and they will make dua for his mercy until the end of that day. If he helped that person in the day and if he helped the person in the night, they will send that mercy, their mercy on that person until Fajr. So roughly they will get 12 hours of 75,000 angels sending their mercy on them. So if somebody ever comes and asks us to help them, we should view it as our good fortune that somebody is given up this opportunity to help them and to earn this type of sawab. And then we will get the du'as of 75,000 angels. So today we would get happy if we thought one shaykh was making du'a for us. How happy should we be if we think that 75,000 angels are making du'a for us? And another thing is that he will never lift a step, raise a step, other than Allah Ta'ala will give him one good deed, will forgive a sin, and raise him one daraja in Jannah for every single step he takes to help fulfill the need of a fellow Muslim. The next day, that that person who tried to fulfill and help the need of his fellow believer, Allah Ta'ala will accept this effort on his part. So much so that when he, by the time he returns home, returns to the place where he started, I returns home. And if Allah, if he had fulfilled the need of his Muslim brother, then that person will return as free from sin as the day that his mother gave birth to him. 
And if he dies trying to help the need of his believer, then he will be entered into Jannah without any hisab. And this was also narrated by Ibn Abi Dunya. It comes in hadith that that person who tries to help the fellow believer get some good goal, get some pious objective, and maybe takes him to some leader or some person who has some authority or power and argues his case in front of that person of authority, then just like that Allah Ta'ala will himself argue his case on the Day of Judgment when he has nobody else to argue his case for him. And Allah Subhanahu will make it easy for him to pass the bridge that crosses over hellfire. Also comes in hadith that the greatest act that a person can do is to make a fellow believer happy. If you make your fellow believer happy by concealing their sin or removing their sorrow or assisting them in some good deed, whatever way that a person does that makes a person happy within the Sharia. And that is considered one of the best acts that a person can do. And this was also in the Mu'jim of At-Tabarani. Another hadith that comes that after the first act, the mandatory acts of ibadah, the most beloved thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to make another believer pleased. Also narrated by At-Tabarani. So what was the best amal after doing first ibadah? Pleasing your fellow believer. So if a child makes their parents happy, then they will get so much work from Allah. The husband should make the wife's heart happy. The wife should make the husband's heart happy. So from the Siddhith we see that every member of the family and household should be a source of good and happiness for the other members. <coughs> and we have made many people. We are the source of making many people sad and worried. And we are so busy trying to make other people's hearts happy and we are neglecting to make the hearts of our family members happy. So that to please the heart of your fellow believer, this has a great acceptance in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Abdul he said, and he was one of the greatest muhaddisin. The Hadith scholars have written so many praiseworthy comments about Abdullah bin Mubarak that the Hadith scholars feel that if you were to gather all of the praiseworthy comments, even they haven't praised Imam Bukhari so much. That is how much Abdullah bin Mubarak has been praised, and he's been called Amir al Mu'minin from Hadith. In one moment, there were four million people who used to study Hadith from him. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal called him the master of the East and West when it comes to Hadith. And when he used to meet Imam Ahmad, Imam Ahmad used to stand up from his place and offer his place for him to sit. That is how respected Abdullah bin Mubarak was. And he was a student of Imam Abu Nifan Abu 
अल्लाह ताला है गिवन हिम सो मच तकवा सो मच पाइटिंग ही हैड अ फ्रेंड हिज नेम वाज शेख इस्माइल रहमतुल्लाह एंड हिज फ्रेंड यूज्ड टू से अबाउट हिम अब्दुल बिन बारक spent many years in the close company of Abdullah bin Mubarak I've spent many years in the close company of Abdullah bin Mubarak and I have come to this conclusion that in the life of Abdullah bin Mubarak and in the life of the Sahaba I can just see one difference the difference was that the sahaba they got to see the prophet sallallahu and abdul mubarak was not able to see the prophet other than that his life is exactly like the sahaba i can't see any difference between him and what i've heard about the sahaba this is a very big thing to say about somebody so now listen to what abdul mubarak used to do once a person came to him and said that i I'm suffering alone. I'm indebted, and I have to give somebody 700 dirhams. So if you could give it to me, I could pay that person off. So and he will then I will be content. He wrote on a piece of paper, a slip to his secretary or his attendant, and this person is a person in genuine need. and therefore you should give him money but on that he wrote that you should give him 7000 dirhams instead of 7 he asked the person asked for 700 so he added an extra zero at the end and said that give this person 7000 dirhams so the person was very happy and that has just given it to me and i will go collect it so I'll, but he thought he was going to get 700 so he went very happily to the attendant and he gave him the slip And when he gave the secretary the slip, he said that you know I asked Sheikh for seven hundred dinars, and he said that he would give it to me, and he has written me written you a note that you should give it to me. So can you give it to me? So when the attendant opened the note, it said seven thousand, but the person was telling him seven hundred, so he got confused that the person is telling me that he asked for seven hundred, but the amount that is written that I'm supposed to give him is seven thousand. So then said, okay, let me just check. So then he, the two of them went together to Abdullah bin Mubarak. And said that Sheikh, he says he asked you seven hundred, but you've written seven thousand. Did you add an extra zero by mistake? And Hazrat Sheikh Abdullah bin Mubarak said, okay, give that back, give me back the piece of paper. And he crossed out seven thousand, and then he wrote here forty thousand. So now give him the money. So the attendant gave him the money, but he couldn't understand what happened. So then he returned back to Sheikh Abdul Bin Barak and said, "What's going on?" And he asked for seven hundred, and the first time you wrote seven thousand, and then when I came to clarify it with you, then you cut set seven thousand. You're sorry, you're fourteen thousand. And the Sheikh Abdul Barak said that look, his need was seven hundred only, but I wanted. that i should give him so much that it is he should get all of a sudden he should be happy he should be surprised and get joy of a sudden joy so therefore i decided to give him 7000 because he expects 700 so if, he, if i give him 7000 then he will be overjoyed all of a sudden 
But you messed it up for me because then when you said 7,000, then he was now expecting 7,000. So now if you gave him 7,000, he wouldn't get that special sudden happiness. So I cut it and made it 14,000. So he said, that, but why do you want to give him this sudden joy and happiness? that I heard a hadith from the Prophet that when a person gives their fellow believer a sudden joy, which they were unexpected joy, that that person had not imagined at all, then Allah Ta'ala then forgives the person for all of their sins. So I wanted to do amal on that hadith, and I wanted to get the virtue and merit mentioned in that hadith. So now if an ordinary Muslim, if you just, if Allah Ta'ala gives so much sawab and reward to please a fellow Muslim, then imagine if you please your mother, imagine if you please your father, if you please your wife, your husband, your children. Then if we establish these ideas firmly in our heart, then all the sadness and fighting will go away from society. So Sayyidina Rasulullah gives so many good instructions that life on earth can become like Jannah. comes in Hadith. That in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after the farayat, the only thing that makes a person happy, the person makes most happy, is when you please the heart of a fellow believer. Now let's proceed onward. In another hadith, and whenever a person makes their fellow Muslim happy, whenever a person makes their fellow believer happy, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then creates a new angel out of that happiness. Whenever a Muslim makes another believer happy, then Allah ta'ala creates a new, new angel out of that happiness. And that new angel will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the end of time. And when a person enters their grave, then that angel will bring that angel will come and say, you don't recognize me. And he will say, no, who are you? And he will say that I am that angel that was created out of the happiness that you gave to this fellow believer of yours. And today, I am going to defend you against the punishment of the grave. And I am going to keep you firmly established on the kalima and on the day of judgment. I will stand with you when you go through your trial and test when you go through your judgment. And I will do shafaat for you, and I will take you all the way until your destination in Jannah. This was narrated by Ibn Abi Dunya and Abu Shaykh. So, if we remain with, with and help somebody within the Sharia, within the realm of the permissible, as is saying, I'm repeating this over and over again, because there, in this day and age, there's so many incorrect ways to please other people. And sometimes in order to please another person, people do things against the Sharia. So that's not the happiness that is being mentioned here. But that happiness that is done within the hudud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, within the limits prescribed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Here comes some hadith. That once a person, the Prophet was asked that what will be that act by means of which the most people will enter Jannah. And the Prophet responded, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and good character and good dealings with Allah's creation. And as the vast majority of people who go to Jannah will be mostly due to their fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one, their fear of Allah, and number two, their good character dealings with other people. And there are some people who have very mm, harsh temperaments and they're always angry and they're always mean, mean-spirited people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't like a mean-spirited person at all. And there are some people you will find that, that they're also very harsh-tempered. They think the whole world is sinners. They view everybody as inferior. So Allah Panta doesn't like the mean-spirited and the harsh-tempered person. And once the Prophet was asked that what is the thing that's going to take, what's the thing that's most responsible for taking people to Jahannam? So here the Prophet said a person's tongue or their private parts. Because of these two things, the vast majority of people go to Jahannam. And because of their fear of Allah and their good character dealings with people, most people, most, the most people go to Jannat. Imam Al-Tirmidhi, Imam Ibn Hibban, and Imam Al-Bayhaqi narrated this. And then it comes another hadith that the person who has the most perfect Iman is that one who has the best character and the one who is the most soft and kind to his family. The one who is the most soft and kind-hearted in his dealings with his family. So how many of us can say that I'm soft and kind-hearted with my wife? There are very few people who would be able to say that. The vast majority hurt their wife and they make her cry and they ignore her. They sideline her and they love to show their power and might over her. So that person who is the most soft and kind-hearted to their wife, that is the person who is the most perfect believer. And Imam Tirmidhi and Imam Al-Hakim narrated this hadith. And it comes in another hadith. That a person can attain the highest level of Jannah based on their adab and akhlaq and indeed having good attributes and character can will be able to multiply the reward that they get for the ibadat. In other words, if one person with bad character prays salah and a person with good character prays salah, the person with good character prays salah will get more reward for that salah than the one who had bad character prays salah. So good character will multiply the rewards of our ibadat, of our worship. And this is hadith narrated by At-Tamrani. And it comes another hadith that should be not 
The Prophet said that should I not tell you such an act of worship that is easy for you, that is light on the body, and what is it to be silent and to have good character? To be silent and have good character. So we should also develop a practice of being silent, of being quiet, and we should speak only when necessary and to the extent necessary. And to just speaking like a unending tape, this is a bad attribute to have. So we should be quiet and we should have good character. Another hadith. Once a person came to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, that what is the best act, the Afzal act? And the Prophet told him, Husni Khulq, having good character. Then he came to the Prophet from the right and said that what is the best amal? And the Prophet said again, Husni Khulq. Then he came to the Prophet from his left side and asked again the question that what is the best amal? And the Prophet said, Husni Khulq, having the best character. Then the person came from behind the Prophet and they said, Oh Rasulullah, what is the best amal? And the Prophet again turned around and looked at that person and said, What is the matter with you? Why aren't you understanding what I'm saying? That Husni Khulq is the best amal in the eyes of Allah And if it's possible, you should try also not to be angry. So four times the person asked, from the front, from the right, from the left, and from behind. And all four times he was given one answer, Husni Khulq, noble character. And the fourth time there was this addition, what's the matter with you if you're not understanding? The best of character, and what does it mean by best character? It means that you shouldn't have anger. And today, people, if, if the parents go somewhere for three days, then the children start fighting with one another as if they're just three-year-olds just like if you leave three-year-olds together they can start fighting and quarreling just like that become the young adults they're always quarreling always arguing always fighting has become so widespread we have such creatures of anger that it's destroyed the environment in our homes and then, on top of it all, we think that we're pious, and we think we have taqwa, and we think we're awliya, and we reach the level of walaya. And then, but, but our homes, the environment in the homes is like a terrible torment. And the people have so much ill will in their hearts for one another. So this is also something we have to learn, how to live in good harmony with other people. And as it says, I will re- repeat this hadith. So once a person came to the Prophet and 
gazed at the face of the Prophet from the front and said that, O oh, beloved Messenger of Allah, what is the best of acts? And the Prophet responded, Husni Khulk, having virtue, noble character. And that same person came to the Prophet from his right side and asked the same question, that what is the best of actions? And the Prophet responded, Husni Khulk. And that same person came from the left side of the Prophet and asked him, that, Ya Rasulullah, what is the best act? And the Prophet responded, Husni Khulk. And then that person came to the Prophet from behind and asked him the same question, Ya Rasulullah, what is the best of actions? And Sayyidina Rasulullah turned around and looked back at that person and said, what is the matter with you? That you're not understanding what I'm saying, that the best of actions is Husna Khulq. And what is Husna Khulq? And that is that you should not have anger. And this has been narrated by Muhammad ibn Nasr al-Maruzi. It comes another hadith that the Prophet said that I can guarantee a palace in Jannah for that person who stops quarreling and arguing when he is in the right. Well, it's a strange thing the Prophet said that I can guarantee, personally guarantee and take as my responsibility as my zamanat a palace in Jannah for that person who stops quarreling and arguing even when they are on the truth, they are correct. So just leave it. So stop fighting all the time. Always arguing, arguments and arguments. May Allah Ta'ala save us from such things. And then I can promise and guarantee and take responsibility to get a person, a palace in the core of Jannah if he leaves lying, even if he's lying in jest or lying as a joke. And I can also guarantee a home in Jannah for that person who makes their akhlaq good. And this is narrated by Abu Dawud, Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. There may be some people who are getting angry that why are there so many hadith about the virtues of good character and we don't have it. And remember a person can't change themselves. And a person wants the commandments of Allah to change according to them. This is how stubborn the person's nafs is. There's one word called istikamat. And istikamat is a good word used for acts of worship. And there's another word that a person has hot-tempered. So Iblis didn't have istikamat, he was hot-tempered. And istikamat has a lot of virtues and merits. And that's something different from being hot-tempered. And there are some people who have hot-tempered jahiliyyah. And that's just their stubborn arrogance. And that's not istikamat. So we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, oh Allah, that we do so much zikr. That the purpose of all the zikr should also result in us being a good person. 
And if we're doing so much zikr and we're still not a good person, so to treat others well, to be soft with others, to be loving towards others, these are the attributes, distinguishing attributes of a believer. It comes in a deep qudsi. That the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that indeed this is the deen that I preferred for my believers to adopt and generosity and good character. Generosity and good character are leading features of this deen and if a person has these two attributes, generosity and good character, then Allah ta'ala said that a person will get all of the attributes of this deen. That shows how much Allah Ta'ala loves generosity and good character. Because another hadith that good character sheds the sins from the body of a person just like uh, good character melts away the sins from a person just like hot water will melt away ice. And bad character can spoil a person just like if you put a few drops of vinegar into honey that will spoil the honey. Another hadith that comes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is soft and kind and gentle. But indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is soft, kind and gentle. And in all actions he prefers that his believers also behave with softness, kindness and gentleness. And he also prefers that all the believers in every action they do should also behave with softness, kindness and gentleness. In another hadith, and we should listen to this and memorize this hadith. And we, we want to just read this letter over and over and over again. In this hadith we should definitely remember and the hadith is as follows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves softness, kindness and gentleness Indeed Allah ta'ala loves softness, kindness and gentleness and this is what pleases him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends such a help on a person that Allah ta'ala doesn't help a person if they are harsh but the kind of help that Allah sends on a person who is kind and soft is altogether unlike the help that Allah may offer a person who is harsh and stern. So it means that do we want to be Jalali or Jamali? Do we want to be stern and serious or do we want to be soft and kind? So we should always make dua to Allah subhanahu wa to soften our hearts and to soften our temperaments. And indeed Allah subhanahu wa loves softness and gentleness and this is what pleases Him. And Allah sends such a special help down on the person who is soft and gentle and He doesn't send that type of help on the person who is stern and serious. Another hadith of Prophet said that should I not tell you about that person that who has, bec- who has been made haram on Jahannam? That person who for whom the fire of who has been prohibited from the fire of Jahannam is that person who is a brings ease and comfort and gentleness in their dealings to other people.
On that person, Allah Ta'ala has forbidden the fire of Jahannam from being able to touch them. It comes another day that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala being giving a person time to pay back the loan, that is a gift from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Hastening and pushing them to pay it back, that is an attribute of shaitan. Another hadith comes that indeed if a person by hilm and tahammal being forbearant and patient if they kept a fast in the day and then at night they were to pray all if a person has hilm they will get the sawab of a person who fasts all day and prays all night that person who has hilm and tahammal who is forbearing absorbing Soft, he will be in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu every day as if he's fasting every day and as if he's praying all night. This will be this will be the rank given to that person who has hill. Another hadith of Prophet said. Another day the Prophet said that that person who got angry, that person who got the feeling of anger, <laughs> making sure somebody wasn't sleeping. <laughs> so that person who got angry. Is anyone of you getting angry with me right now? <laughs> this is such a beautiful hadith of the Prophet That <laughs> It comes in a day that that person who started feeling angry, but then for the sake of Allah SWT, he suppressed that anger, then Allah SWT will start loving that person. So that person who started feeling, who felt angry, but then they suppressed that feeling of anger for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love that person, will definitely love that person. And this was narrated by Abu Raghib al-Isfahani. Another hadith, the Prophet said, that Shall I not tell you about that person about whom Allah Ta'ala has given a high, lofty home in Jannah, and who Allah Ta'ala has given him high, lofty darajat and rank in Jannah? So the Sahaba said, Yes, so some definitely tell us about who is that person. And the Prophet said, Is that person that that person who is unjust towards you that you should forgive him and you should give him something you should bestow upon him something that person who breaks off relations with you you should mend relations with him 
that you should forgive that person who hits you. You should be gracious to the one who's done injustice to you. And you should mend the relations with that one who's cut severed ties with you. Another hadith that comes. That by expressing anger is not a sign of your strength, but suppressing anger is a sign of your strength. Another hadith that comes. That this is also a type of charity that you should say salam to people with a smiling face. So when you say salam to people with a smiling face, that will also count. You look at the swab with charity. You will get the reward of giving sadaqah. And it comes another hadith that when in front of your fellow Muslim, when you enjoin them to do good and you prevent them from doing wrong, that is a charity. And if somebody has lost a direction, you tell them their way, that is also a sadqa. And then if there is something harmful on the path and you remove it to the side of the path, that is also a sadqa. And then if you take water from your bucket and put it into the bucket of your brother, that is also a sadqa. And this is narrated by Imam Al-Tirmidhan it comes another hadith that indeed in Jannah there will be such a place that the outer part of that place it will be so wide and clear that from the outside you will be able to see the inside and from the inside you will be able to see everything that is outside of it. And then the Sahaba Apostle who will get such a palace like that and the Prophet said that that person who treated others well, who used to feed the poor, and then when people were sleeping, he used to stand up at night and pray to Allah subhanahu wa This is narrated by At-Tamarani and Al-Hakim. So may Allah subhanahu wa give us good character and good virtues. Do muraqamah.